yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to Business Casual. I'm your host, Miles Brown. <clears throat> and today, the topic is don't throw it all away over emotions. And this topic is near and dear to me because um, growing up, there's so many different dynamics. There's male and female. There's black and white. There's poor and rich. And all of those dynamics can shape how you view the world. Like, what prism do you view the world through? And one of the toughest, most difficult situations that I had to wrestle with um, as a child is that from a childhood to about early adulthood was that me and my mother really did not get along well. Um, and it's during that, that stage of you think you smelling yourself. And it just set a bad precedence for me and women. And I really just didn't give too much thoughts about women. Like, I, I thought that they were all kind of the same way. Um, we were a very religious family growing up where we were in church like on Sundays we would have three services and Sunday school um, we would we would attend two and three services at night after school during the week and we always were in some type of uh, church thing going like on like missions to, to feed the homeless and this, that, and the third. And to a lot of people, the perception of our household and our family looked from the outside in like it was pretty good. But there was a lot of verbal abuse sustained. Um, there was a lot of hurt that my father put my mother through that she transferred that pain onto us because she didn't go to therapy. She didn't get help to understand how to cope with the feelings that she had. And she was a really, really angry person for a long, 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 long time. And it really hurt my relationship with my mother to this day. We're not as close as I think we could be. Um, we're definitely not as bad as we were, but emotions, pain can transfer and her anger for men in general, based off of what my father did to her by cheating on her and, uh, just not treating her in a loving manner all the time and she dealt with things that even still to this day I don't know the full story or severity of these things and she ended up going through this like men bad women good and she used to project that on me all the time where it was like you don't do this right. You don't do that right. But when it comes to like uh, females, they could do no wrong. 
and it kind of made me resent all females for a long time in my life where I either looked at them as just straight up sex objects or I wouldn't really want to work with them in an intellectual capacity because I thought they all were just very emotional and it wasn't really until I met my wife that I realized like okay there is other octaves to to women um, a bunch of other women that I dated I mean I feel like it was kind of one note and in some capacity I feel like we want someone like our parents you know like we want certain aspects and we we don't want other aspects because those are the people where you find your nurture from first where you find your idea of okay how does being loved feel how does being loved sound and when a lot of what you hear sounds like there's there's a lack of respect for you or that you're disgusting like one of the main words that came up in therapy um, over and over and over again was trifling and a procrastinator that word those two words settled in my heart and settled in my mind to the point where I think it, it, it has definitely emotionally stunted me in those areas of overcompensation because I never wanted to be looked at through anybody's eyes as trifling or a procrastinator, you know? And the emotions that you can feel can transfer. And I feel like for a long time, in my in my in my um, marriage I started to treat my wife as if she was my mother and a lot of things that she would come to me with I would have that stunted emotional response of fight or flight and it would usually be fight where I would want to just have an argument and I would want to win the argument, but it wasn't really helpful to the marriage. It was just, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm going to fight this point to the, to the death of me because that's how me and my mother interacted, where it was like, she would never let me win a argument. It was just, women can really like, um, well, my, my mother specifically can communicate at a level where she can escalate and escalate and escalate to the point where it's like, if she don't see tears, she, she not done. You know what I'm saying? Like, she want blood. <laughs> and for good and for bad, I took that on in a lot of capacities. And looking at it, it's like, that's such a feminine trait. And I didn't have control over that trait for a long time because I just didn't understand that what I was doing was hurting my partner. I thought it was just like me winning the, 
the argument or me, you know, proving to myself that I'm 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 an intelligent person. Uh, I'm a go-getter. I'm the opposite of trifling. I'm the opposite of a procrastinator. But I wasn't taking into consideration the emotional toll that that can take on a female. Because me as a man, it hurt, it wrecked me after a while. And we have to look at our wives as the weaker vessel. So it wrecked her a lot quicker than it wrecked me, even though I was a young um, teen and young adult as I was being berated by my mother. And that's why I speak so highly of going to um, therapy and learning coping mechanisms and opening up those doors and really seeing where your actions come from because you hurt people hurt people. So if you if you're hurt, you may be transferring a lot of your triggers and then hurting people because you feel triggered. Where an appropriate response for a man is, okay, I'm triggered. Why am I triggered? Is what this person is saying actually truthful? Or is what this person is saying trying to incite some type of action out of me that they want? And I think the more I started to understand what triggered me and what made me upset, I was, I was much more better prepared to not throw everything away just off of emotion. And it made me such a stronger man. It made me a better business person. Um, it made me, it made me really like just understand how important self-control and controlling your emotions and understanding who hurt you and what hurts you and how your childhood can really affect your adult idea of success and manipulate that because of the trauma that you went through at a young age. And for me, I'm just like super thankful that my wife and I have like been able to work through a lot of these tough issues, have these tough conversations. Um, you know, I haven't been a saint the whole marriage. She hasn't been a saint the whole marriage. But us having coping skills and being able to understand and evaluate, okay, maybe that wasn't a low blow. And maybe what she's saying is actually real and vice versa. And I truly believe that me healing from the pain of my mother has helped me truly be a better husband to my wife in so many different capacities that I, would, I wouldn't trade it for the world going through therapy and really breaking down the distortion and view of myself through this hurt prism of, okay, this person was hurting, so they hurt 
they they in turn turned around and hurt the closest person to them that they had control over because they felt out of control. My mother felt out of control with my father. She couldn't force him or make him do anything. But her her son, who loves and cares and wants and dearly wants her respect, she can manipulate and get the response she would want from my father out of me. She could make me cry by saying hurtful or harmful things to me, but she couldn't make my father cry. And understanding that, I forgive my mother for that. I, I understand that it wasn't right, but I forgive her knowing that what she went through was traumatic and she didn't have the tools. And a lot of people were very like, you know, when it came down to certain things at the church, like very against going to therapy. Like they thought you had to be like in the loony bin before you could go get therapy like you had to be in a actual institution before they were like okay yeah now that makes sense you've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder or schizophrenia now now you are crazy so you can go get seek therapy when in my opinion like that's why i'm trying to advocate so much for healing in the black community because, or any community really, I mean, but specifically the black community because we have such a stigma on going and talking to a therapist. And I advocate for it so heavy because some people say, you know, things you don't know can't hurt you. And that's not true. I believe unknown unknowns are probably the most dangerous thing to us. Things we don't know that we don't know can be affecting us in ways to where if we can tap into somebody else's expertise and fast track all of the education and everything they went through for them to be able to just take from their vast majority of college and knowledge and schooling and pinpoint the things that they see you personally dealing with and bring you treatments, bring you uh, different ways to think about the situation, diff like per pers perspective changes. And of course, I'm not doubting the power of God. I believe only God can truly heal us. But I believe he put people like um, therapists here to help guide that process. Just like going to the doctors, like if you have a broken arm, you're going to want a doctor to actually set that arm before they put it back in the cast and try to heal it. Because if it heals on its own, it might heal weird. It might heal in a way that you can still see the effects of your brokenness. And that's the last thing that I want us as a society and a culture doing is not getting the proper medical attention for our brain and our mind and the bible talks a lot about renewing your mind you know and i'm sure that he means to renew the mind with the word but i also believe he means renewing the mind by finding out and seeking out what's broken and what's wrong with you if you're if you're easily emotionally angered by certain things that might be a indicator that you need to go seek
therapy in that area, whatever it may be. If you're easily saddened and you get sad when certain topics get brought up, you really may need to go see a therapist to figure out what's triggering this sadness. You know, and a lot of us sometimes need therapy not only to find out what's wrong, but we need therapy to find out what's right. Everything, like if you live in just a mundane life, nothing's really bad, nothing's really all that good. Sometimes you need therapy to, to point out your passion. Like, what do you bring up consistently in this six-month period where you've seen this therapist? That therapy, the therapist is going to listen to you and be able to pick up on uh, trends that continue to poke out with your language. And they're going to be able to say, hey, you know, you really bring up painting a lot. Like, have you ever, you know, decided to just paint more and maybe enter an exhibition here and there? And, yeah, I know that your career might be in data science or something else, but maybe you need a creative outlet that you take seriously in your pastime to elevate your happiness in your life to elevate your joy, to elevate your self-worth, to give yourself purpose outside of just a nine-to-five job or, you know, whatever else you may got going on, your kids or your marriage. Maybe you need to find purpose with just what you got going on. And I just really want to restate again, don't let your emotions throw everything away. Your emotions are really just thoughts. And whatever thoughts that we ruminate on and cling to the most, those thoughts become things. And those things become um, actions. And those actions become habits. And those habits form life. Your life is going to be determined by the emotions and the thoughts that you give yourself over to the most. If you're angry and you have angry thoughts all the time, your life is going to be led from an angry lifestyle. And if you don't know how to capture those thoughts, and if you don't have any coping mechanisms to realize, like, I'm angry right now. And my friend came over, and now I just got a bad attitude with them. Or, I'm angry right now, and my wife just walked into the room or my husband just walked into the room and I'm just I'm just I'm just nasty towards them right now. Like why keep doing this cycle, this this crazy cycle of not being able to identify like yo, nothing's really wrong. It's just your perception of you that's making it hard for you to hold certain relationships. Maybe you're a single person, and anytime somebody gets close to you, you have a commitment issue where, okay, this is getting too familiar of that time I got close to somebody in elementary school or middle school, and then they made fun of me and, and embarrassed me. And now in adulthood, you're not really linking those two things together like, man, maybe I'm scared of commitment because I fear being embarrassed. 
by this person or maybe I fear commitment because I'm scared that I may lose myself in this person and forget about my own personal goals and throw myself into their goals. All of those are issues that can be worked on and worked through in therapy where you kind of get a reframing and a, and a perspective change to where, you know, having healthy, deep emotional connections can further your personal goals instead of hinder them. But because you have such a stunted view of deep relationships because somebody may have told your business or whatever going on, now you, you're just out on having people really close to you in your circle in any capacity. A lot of people are individualistic even in a romantic relationship where their spouse really doesn't know much about them on an emotional level, but they love them enough to want to find out, but this person continues to keep them at bay so long to where they just like, all right, I have to leave because I don't want to be in an emotional, romantic relationship with somebody who can't open up. And maybe that is what's devastating all of my relationships, the fact that I have a blockage that I can't get past because I need healing in the area of deep relationship, connections, commitment. And I don't have the right perspective of what a true team looks like. Team building. Emotional team building with someone. So, this is just food for thought. Um, I got a lot more coming that I've been planning out to talk. Uh, life coach episode coming soon. We got our last life coaching session. Um, well, I always try to relay what I learned in my life coaching sessions back to you guys because this show is just about the mind of somebody who owns an entrepreneur, you know, that's an entrepreneur. Um, I don't work in corporate America. I don't have a nine to five job. I'm just a business owner out here trying to create a, a life for myself that I didn't think was possible. And a lot of people only focus on marketing and um, all of those type of aspects of business. But really, if you're not the best version of yourself, if you can't identify character flaws, those are probably more detrimental than not understanding accounting. Because you can, you can get an accountant, you know, but not knowing that you trust the wrong people all the time that's probably more of a detriment to your business than um, maybe not having the right metrics to help your marketing or whatever. Also, if you don't have a good home life, it makes it extremely hard to excel in business as well because without your home foundation and base being good, your friendships, your... Uh, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your siblings, the relationship with your spouse, without those things being in emotional order, 
it can have a horrendous toll on your business and your objectives. One being you throw yourself into your business so much that it just destroys all of the relationships. So you achieve the financial things, but you lose your life. And when you have a day off and you want to catch up with people, there's nobody around and you start to feel empty like, dang, like I, I did all of this for the people I love, but I alienated the people I love by getting all this. <clears throat> and then you have the situation where your day-to-day life with your people is so erratic that it makes you a bad business person because you have to cancel meetings and nothing's really structured properly because the emotions have taken over your life to the point where you can't be effective as a business owner. So emotions play a huge role in the success of not only your business, but in the overall trajectory of your life. And I wish I would have known that earlier. Um, Until next time, I'm going to end this one in prayer. I haven't prayed in a while. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray over everybody who's listening. Father, I pray that this message resonates with the person who needs to hear this. I pray that the stigma of therapy goes away. I pray that people that are on the fence about therapy just give it a chance and try it out just to maybe just see if it has any benefit for their life. Allow them to even do it in secret and not even tell anybody and just go see a therapist for themselves to see how it feels to have someone to talk to and to negotiate a lot of these landmines that um, life can bring. Father, I pray that they pray to be led to the right therapist. I pray that they be okay not having a good experience with the therapist and saying thank you but no thank you and trying somebody else until they find someone who fits them. And I pray that once they get into therapy that they be able to open up because you can't benefit from therapy without being completely emotionally vulnerable and talking about things that may cringe your heart and your soul. And I, pr- and I pray that they understand that these therapists have heard it all and nothing that they're saying is going to shock them. And Father, I thank you for this transformative time that I have with my, my listenership. And until next time, we out. Amen. Peace.